Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Hey, folks, this is the Nonprofit Exchange, and Russell and Hugh are back. And as usual, we have a really good guest today with some, some secrets of how to install good, sound business principles into the, the nonprofit organization that you lead. Russ, how are you doing today? It's another fine day here in Colorado, a little bit chilly, but I've got my great colleague here, a man with a warm heart, Steve Moreger. He's here to share with us how you can put your nonprofit on track for success by having the right systems. Works with business leaders all over the area. And uh, I was I was pleased to be able to to find some time in his schedule for him to come join us. So I'm looking forward to uh, talking with him, so he can tell us a little bit about how you can make your systems uh, more effective. What I know is if Russell brings somebody to the table, they're very competent. So Steve, welcome, and tell people a little bit about yourself and why you're doing what you do. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, so I have uh, 30 years of experience with uh, in all areas of finance. Uh, that includes everything from working with um, with universities to uh, to being a consultant, international consultant. Um, I have worked in uh, in finance for most of that time, as well as IT. And really, what happened was about four years ago, I decided that. Um, that I needed to, to give more, that I had a lot to give to outside of a corporation. And so I quit that the lucrative job and I, I decided to help smaller businesses, independent businesses. Um, and really, I, I leverage all of the work that I did, including being a budget lead for a $9 billion bond project and, and heading up the federal direct loan program implementation uh, in the first year. Um, you know, using that type of skill uh, and also in the, in the for-profit world and really taking best practices that are available to every organization, really, and, and let small and medium-sized businesses and organizations, not-for-profits, uh, really leverage what I can do uh, with my business. And so this these last four years have been thrilling. I've done all kinds of work, which is just, uh, you know, everything from going into, uh, well, with not-for-profits, you know, one of the things I did was I, the board, one board asked me to go in and, uh, you know, audit their books, see what had happened in the last year or so. And, uh, you know, it was, it was really, you know, it was really good for that organization to get that type of information from a, a non-biased third party that could really provide a, um, you know, a deep um, report back to them as to what had happened. And so I've also been the treasurer for um, several not-for-profits. And, you know, there's a lot of just really best practices. Not-for-profits, it's, it, it's a different type of world where, um, as I think it should be in, actually in, in all organizations, that the volunteers and, and all the people outside of the organization, you know, they're, they're just so important, so critical. And it's so important to keep um, uh, th- those individuals happy. 
and um, you know, again, which it really should be done everywhere. Um, the people doing the work are just critical to make any organization run. So yeah, so that's that's where I am, and um, you know, I it just it's such a thrill to help organizations, you know, get to that next level, whatever that is that they need, and you know, setting up a um, you know an in, internal organization. The great thing about it is it can be sustainable, long-term sustainable, uh, and, and people are happy working within that financial organization. And so I think that's one of the, the key pieces as well. Great. Great. Thank you for being here. Um, Russell has um, spent some time with you and he's formulated some good questions. So let's let him get us started with those really good questions. Oh, thanks, Hugh. Yeah. Steve, uh, we talk a lot about relationships and getting out there and working with so many different audiences that a nonprofit has. But what are some critical questions that, that the internal team need to ask themselves to be effective? Well, first of all, um, you know, one of my first priorities is always to make sure that any decisions that is made has been fully documented. Um, and that, what that means is sort of that's the end point. What that means is that there is a clear definition of how decisions are made. Um, you know, sometimes that can be delegated to a treasurer, but, uh, you know, it starts with a board. And they're the ones with the overall fiduciary duty, the first fiduciary duty. Um, so it really starts with that. Um, it starts with procedures to make sure that um, that the same thing is done, that there's consistency. Uh, with every organization that I've, uh, I've you know, helped, I've given assurances that the organization would be bulletproof, uh, you know, with a, uh, an audit. Uh, that to me is just incredibly critical. And it's a good measurement to, um, to ensure that, that the things are, are being done correctly. You know, there's also within organizations, uh, you know, political, uh, how people uh, are working with each other. What are the, um, you know, are there any roadblocks, any roadblocks to, um, you know, to decisions being made? Um, there's also a budget is a critical piece, and that is a really important planning, uh, planning uh, tool that can be used. And so, uh, and we can, uh, perhaps we can get into that a little bit later, but, you know, that's one thing where it's a, a budget being a living document, you know, it's reviewed, say, every month, maybe every quarter, but um, it provides a realistic way for the organization to see itself, where all of its resources are, um, you know, financial resources, right? So there's the volunteer um, leads, and, and those, of course, are the most important resources, but um, with almost every aspect of uh, any organization, uh, the money somehow comes into play. Um, and we want to make sure that, you know, really that it's almost transparent. You know, that we're, we're, it's, it's not a concern. It's just something that is, it's taken care of. It's there to serve the organization and the, the money side of the organization gets out of the way of, uh, you know, of the primary mission of the organization. Yeah, there are a lot of questions in the ask. 
in order to be effective, nonprofits have to really uh, uh, connect with people outside of the organization. So who would you say are some of the most critical partners uh, that a nonprofit organization would have and, and why are these people important? Right. Um, so they're, they're best practices, um, but that can be, become a, a complex thing. Um, the complexities of how do we implement this best practice? What does it mean in this scenario? What, what is the context behind that best practice? So one of the best uh, resources really is other not-for-profit um, treasurers or, or, or CFOs, whoever the, the, the financial person is. Really get a high-end uh, description, discussion going of what's going on and, uh, and really get some, some information some opinions about what, how they think it could be handled. Uh, another one is the organization's um, CPA, the individual that does the taxes at the end of the year, typically. Um, that person, you know, so um, the CPAs, the, the tax individuals, they typically, they're not necessarily operations people, but they can provide some information, especially, you know, I've had to, uh, you know, push back at times when a board was considering something because, you know, the organization needs to know if it's um, risky or, uh, or if we shouldn't be doing it or if there's a better way to do it. Um, you know, the intent of most boards is, is good and we just want to make sure that, that that's done um, correctly. Sometimes, you know, um, we can reach out to, to the IRS. You know, that's one of those where, you know, kind of take it with a grain of salt, but they can be, um, they can be helpful. Um, you know, we also, there are things that we could do possibly too. They, you know, it sounds kind of funny, but vendors can help us as well. Um, you know, they can structure their billing in a different way. They can, um, th there's several ways that they can, that they can help us out. Um, and there's also, there's also donors or, or representative from donors or from the community. Uh, somebody that is very tied into, uh, to the community of donors or volunteers or, or whatever it might be. Um, they can really provide some um, additional information about what's going on outside of the organization that can free up, um, th that can make decisions uh, easier internally and also more palatable for, uh, you know, for the constituents uh, once they are put out there. I mean, it's, um, you know, arguably one of the difficult ways to, to lead is to sort of lead from, uh, you know, from on top. You got to get buy-in from people. And so a good way to do that is to, is to talk with them first and see what they, see what they think about that. Um, yeah, you know, and there's, there's also people within, you know, the organization itself. And so they don't have to be outside the organization to, to have incredibly valuable input. You know, one of the, one of the benefits that, that people get from talking with you is they really kind of find out uh, whether their organization is healthy or not. And in a nonprofit, you've got all of these leadership roles. You've got board members. Uh, what are some of the things that that the board should focus focus on as far as goals for uh, making sure the organization is healthy and and 
what do those key leaders on the board, what sort of things do they have to accomplish uh, in order to make sure that the nonprofit's healthy? Yeah, so it can take some introspection. It, uh, it can uh, some introspection can be helpful with that. Um, you know, to you know, especially the the lead person, the chair of the board. What is what's best for the organization? How can we you know how can we make that happen? Uh, what lines of communication can we open? Um, you know, it's it's really it, it's 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 really a, a sensibility of going back and going back and going back and making sure that the things that have been implemented are, are continued to be correct, continue to um, focus the organization with the, uh, the vision that has been put forth. It's been agreed to. Um, and, and so, you know, that, that can fall outside of the financial side of it, but again, the financials typically they affect almost everything. So, you know, a budget is a great way to, um, it's a great way to determine what the, uh, you know, what, what the priorities are for an organization. There's nothing like sitting down and having to talk, a discussion about here are the resources and what are we going to do? And with a positive discussion, you can, since you have limited resources, it's then becomes critical, becomes obvious what things should be, uh, you know, should be funded. And that budgeting process can really focus. It can really take that vision that can be a lot of times, um, you know, idealistic or, you know, sort of amorphous. And it can really focus things down to, you know, let's say I've worked with, uh, with organizations and there was a question about infrastructure. Should we spend, 20% of our, our budget this year on infrastructure so we don't have to keep uh, renting, uh, you know, items. And it really, it focuses, well, you know, so where are we? What kind of organization? Um, do we, how do we see ourselves in five years? So some of those, some of those questions and somebody that's really uh, thoughtful, a financial leader will ask these questions, you know, it, does this continue to make sense? There's a point with, with almost any organization where it sort of goes from that, you know, think of, uh, you know, whatever app, uh, Apple, you know, you go from that sort of garage mentality to this is a real organization that's going to be, uh, you know, we're, we're going to continue to offer these services. We're going to be in business for indefinitely. And that's really the point that there's a critical point at which your, your organization um, sort of flips in a, in, a, in a certain way, in a great way, to thinking, to knowing that they are just viable, they're continuously viable. And it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to witness. And when you see that, when you, when you see leadership saying, yes, we should do that, because that is, that's how we need, that's going to affect us, this organization, 20 years from now. And... Um, yeah, so the budget is is certainly a, a key part of that. Okay. So there there are a lot of critical players within the organization and you, you really painted a great picture overall, but could you talk about some of those people who are critical in these pieces of the decision making and in making sure that uh 
that the organization stays on track, some of the, the specific people that are very critical to that process. Right. Um, well, so it, it, it all starts with the board. And um, a healthy board is, is really one that um, it's, it's concerned about uh, policy. So it's setting policy and it is providing the, the resources and delegating the responsibility to, to the leads within the organization to, um, to implement those policies. And that's a really critical, critical piece of it. Um, so, you know, within the organization, um, there can be any number of things. And it depends on how, um, well, how, how well um, funded it, it could be. If, if it's staff helping out, maybe volunteers, it's, uh, that's always a, uh, a great place to be. But it can have limitations. If you have, say, a, a person that is um, a bookkeeper. So you want a bookkeeper. You probably, uh, so you probably want, a, if possible, a budget lead. Uh, sometimes a um, an assistant treasurer, somebody that is doing some some uh, some of the more short term oversight, maybe doing a uh, the monthly budget, maybe you know seeing where that all ties together, uh, doing things like um, uh, allowing people to have uh, debit cards so that they can be empowered to uh, to to go out and buy things. Whoever needs to um, getting. Again, getting the financial side out of the way of the, the organization doing the things. Um, there's also something that, that I have advocated uh, typically with most organizations, and that's a finance committee. And in the, uh, in the simplest way, it's, it's bringing together the people that have different speak, different ways of looking at the organization. Um, in the simplest way, that would be, let's say, well, certainly the treasurer, uh, because that's the person that has, is inside the financials, uh, but also somebody from the board. So they have a, an idea, an independent idea of you know, the board might, you know, the, the board is sort of thinking about doing maybe some of those things I talked about before. Um, and then perhaps somebody from the community some other constituency. So you have sort of, uh, you know, these, these uh, different needs being expressed by people in the same room. Um, and one of, the, one of the beautiful things about a finance committee is that the budget lead can uh, go through the budget process, talk to all the leads, get, get all of that together. And then the first uh, discussion really can be with the with the finance committee, and the finance committee can go through and and um, typically the way I structure it uh, is that the the finance committee will sort of green light and the way we do budgets the way I, I advocate doing budgets is by line item so it 's literally not a dollar amount but literally what will you specifically need uh, and so you know we're, maybe there 's a uh, you know, a music festival and need, they need to build a stage. So they need, uh, you know, whatever, 50 sheets of plywood. So they're going to literally put 50 sheets of plywood in the dollar amount for each, each piece. And then that's going to come up with a dollar amount. So the finance committee is going to take each one of those line items, hundreds of line items sometimes, and green light as many as they can. And also, re uh, you know, yellow flag some of them as, eh, you know, this is okay, but the board should maybe look at this and then red flag those that are um, 
really questionable that they absolutely are, you know, they're recommending. So all these are recommendations to the board. And so then what it does is it really, it, it, it shortens the lifespan and simplifies the budgeting process because the, um, the board then gets this, uh, the budget and they can go through and say, yes, all the green light, green flag that, yeah, yes. And then the, a really good discussion about that. Um, so that's, so that's the, the finance committee. And also one of the things which is really helpful and especially with some maybe newer uh, organizations is that the finance committee actually gets a budget as well. And what that means is maybe one, 2% of the overall budget. It's a discretionary budget. And what that means is, you know, let's say the, an organization has an event that that's one of their key things that's coming up, you know, there's so much happening um, and somebody needs, you know, another 50 uh, pieces of plywood. Instead of going in front of the board, getting the board all together, the finance committee can come together and spend or allocate some of their budget to the, um, to the department so they can get that. And so it doesn't slow things down. Um, and so that's, you know, that's the finance committee. And then, you know, you might want to have a committee for uh, different events. Uh, you know, an event, um, something that is, uh, that is a smaller piece of the entire organization. And so that's, that's also a, a good, um, a good group to look at. Uh, and then, as I think I mentioned, um, some of the past leadership. Yeah, money is a very important thing for any organization. And you talk about having a finance committee uh, to help with that. And what are some of the key questions that every organization should ask as they're building a financial structure? Hmm, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, the first one is how does it serve the mission of, of the organization? It should be light. It should be easily usable. Uh, it shouldn't slow things down unnecessarily. Um, there's a, there's a balance point, uh, there, you know, you can have an organization. So you, you know, you can look at it from both, both directions, both sides. You can have an organization where it's fast and loose and Hey, you know, just buy what you need, get the receipts in. You have, you know, a thousand dollar budget, go for it. We'll collect the receipts at the end. So that's great in the sense that things are going to get done immediately. It's not great because once people get something, whatever it is that they need, you're not going to get many of those receipts. You're not going to get all of those receipts. Uh, my intention, as I said before, with any not-for-profit is to be bulletproof in an audit. And the perfect way to not be bulletproof is to let people spend money before you get the, uh, before you get the receipts. One of the things I did just as an aside, which worked out really well, with one organization is um, a lot of people needed things from, let's say, uh, Home Depot. So they, they would have a budget and it's, it's, re it's, it's really tricky to, um, to give money out, to have access to money. So one of the things that we did was they set up a shopping cart with, a, you know, uh, authentication. They'd fill the shopping cart and I would go in and I would pay, pay it. Uh, or have, you know, like the assistant treasurer pay it. And so that way we made sure that we had the receipts, that everything was all sewn up right there. Um, so 
so that's the side that, you know, the fast and loose side, give out the money. No, you're not going to be bulletproof. The other way to do it is to just lock things down and really make people jump through hoops. Um, you know, and, and it can slow down the process and perhaps more importantly, it can make it such that volunteers get frustrated and that can be especially difficult. Uh, you can lose volunteers easily by having a financial structure that is, um, it feels restrictive. It feels, um, uh, you know, it feels um, maybe like they're not trusted, that type of thing. So there's, there's really a, um, a good balance point with that. Um, transparency is certainly one of those that makes up a good system that everybody knows really what's going on. Um, that if there's questions, they can be easily answered. Uh, one of the things that I did that I, that I do typically is I allow, uh, or, or set up it's, um, in QuickBooks, it's free access. You can give uh, report access to anybody. It's unlimited. And if somebody has access to the reports of everything in the system, they know what's going on. They, they know that there's no sort of you know, funny business. There's no questions. There's no question of impropriety. And that um, removing that, any question of impropriety is just incredibly uh, critical so that there's trust. And uh, whenever there's money involved, uh, people rightly so, they rightly so, they, uh, you know, they, they want things to be correct. Uh, and so any, any opportunity to make that trust obvious and uh, explicit is, is incredibly important. Um, you know, uh, QuickBooks and, and, you know, I, I don't necessarily push QuickBooks, but it's, it's a good um, option for most small businesses, but it'll do things like it'll, uh, automatically email reports to you up to every day if you want. Um, and uh, yeah. And so setting up, you know, your, your, your question being good things to do to, to set up a, uh, an organization, um, making sure that there is an accounting system and one that is robust, one that, that can grow with the organization, um, something that is a critical question of a question point is what accounting system we, do we want to implement? You can get cheap and you're going to get cheap. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be great until it's not great. And then transferring it over to some other um, accounting system is going to be um, most of the time, to be honest with you, it, it's almost impossible. So you have to start over. Uh, the first thing that I would do was go in and ask for corporate minutes, corporate books, stuff yeah. that the board put together. I'd ask for the policies, particularly the fiscal policies, because as an auditor, you want to, uh, the first uh, first thing that you have to do is, is just get an idea of how things are framed and uh, is there a risk to how resources are handled here? You have to assess whether there's risk around it based on the policy. So can you speak a little bit to how that contributes to financial health of the organization? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, the policies are critical and, you know, 
we talked about that a little bit earlier and it's, it's really, it's one of those things where you want consistency. Um, as you know, as an auditor, they, uh, an auditor comes in and, you know, how did you do this? Well, I did it this way. And then, you know, maybe they look at another, uh, another disbursement. How did you do this? Well, we did it this way, which is not the same as the first way. And any auditor would say, whoa, what is happening here? Now you're going to need to show me all of your, tra- <laughs> you know, just a, a ton more transactions. And then, I mean, really, if, if you're not doing something consistently, something that it's correct that they do that, because if you're not doing something consistently, uh, something is going to break. Um, that is, uh, it, it's, it's almost not possible to have the same result doing it multiple ways. So um, having those, uh, those procedures signed off by the board, by the way, um, if possible, uh, I would, I would certainly recommend that, um, that they're signed off by the board and they should be, they, they should be as, uh, as detailed as possible. Um, they should have information about the systems that are being used. Uh, you know, maybe not down to the, the level of actual functionality, how a bookkeeper would open up a, a screen or something. So it's, it's not speaking to that. It's speaking to, um, how it's done in, in the larger sense so that it can really, it can be tracked. And that's the thing. It's almost, you know, if I think if somebody can use the, take the idea that if I am not around anymore, however that happens, and somebody looks at this transaction, they can see why we did it. And, um, you know, it's business continuity, you know, get hit by a bus, right? The, the, the lead person gets hit by a bus and it should not matter um, that that person is no longer there, their results should speak for themselves and they should be obvious. And again, having procedure, a written procedure is the, the clear way to do that. Um, there's, there's some other reasons around that too, Steve. There's some um, accountability. I've, I've heard stories um, about people, money disappearing. And so having, having some real good account, accounting that the person requests the payment isn't the same person that approves the payment and isn't the same person that writes the check. But, but then I think there's an educational piece at um, educating board members about their fiduciary responsibilities as a board member. And, and so there's, there's connectivity there as well, isn't there? Oh, ab- absolutely. Each one of those is, is critically important. And um, you know, depending on how that, on how that, that works out, you know, a, a, uh, the treasurer can see where the board is and, and provide input, provide some training. Uh, you know, there's, there's some critical things. You, you mentioned it, Hugh, uh, absolutely correctly. You know, you don't want somebody that's approving a payment to be dispersing the payment. That should never happen. So if that's happening in an organization, that is a, a huge red flag for any auditor, and it should be for the organization. Uh, there should be the separation of power, as, as you mentioned, Hugh, that, uh, that nobody can both approve a payment and disperse it. Um, so, right, so it, it's, it, all of these things, it, it keeps the organization's funds um, uh, you know, safe from, from misuse. Uh, another thing, you know, one thing that, that should be done with any organization as well is the finances should be uh, audited 
you know, reviewed by somebody outside of the financial group every year. They should go through and they should look at really best case, every transaction and see, well, look at every transaction and take a sampling within all of those transactions and see how they were done. Um, this isn't, I'm not speaking of a CPA audit. I'm speaking of this is being reviewed, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, independently from the financial team. So maybe somebody from, uh, you know, maybe somebody from the board and, it, it, you know, listen, it could be done. You could pay for it. Uh, it'll cost a few thousand dollars to have a CPA do it, but that, that's also a, uh, a good, um, a good idea. And that's, and depending on the amount of money that an organization is, uh, has made, it's a requirement. So, but, but there are, um, there, there are cutoffs to that. Actually having a, what's called a review by a CPA and having a, an audit. So the review is the lesser um, overview and the audit is, is really quite in depth. And, and we do have a question from a, a viewer. He's, he's in a different country. He's in California. Um, um, Mark, uh, and I think you've probably answered a lot of this. What would be a procedure example? Um, I, I think he had been there a couple of minutes and I inserted this piece, but Mark, if you have another question, um, do they have to be on the ground in the office? Oh, he's in Peru. Sorry. He's in another country. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was funny, but, uh, <laughs> I thought I was wrong, but I was mistaken. <laughs> He's asking about the auditor, if that person needs to be on the ground or in the office. So he's, there, got, he's actually moved to Peru and is doing a charity there. Um, so he's, he, Mark can come back with a, a, your question again, if you, if we're not addressing it, but um, he's talking about the auditor. Do they have to be on the ground in the office? They're actually mm-hmm. in Peru. And then, um, yeah, that's the auditor, actually. Well, okay. So most of the time now, uh, every, uh, organizations have digital records. And I certainly try to move all clients to digital records. You know, um, whether it's, it's Dropbox or maybe, you know, Google, Google Docs or, you know, a Google Drive. You know, you also have like QuickBooks Online that can be, that can be accessed from anywhere in the world. So... Therefore, if you, if you have all of that, if, if everything is available, then it really doesn't matter where the person is. They don't have to come in. In fact, you know, it, it, it can be better to have the arm's length review so that the person isn't in the office. I mean, you know, listen, of course, if you have, um, if you have uh, file cabinets and you're keeping paper, then somebody must come in and do that. And it's going to be much more expensive, by the way. Um, but it's, it's looking again, it's, it's looking at, and I, I see you want some examples. Um, it's reviewing, let's say, uh, you know, an auditor will come in and they, they, they'll say, I want all the backup for these 10 disbursements. And however that is, you know, whether it's digital or paper, they'll sit down and they'll look and, and they'll also want the disbursement uh, procedure. So they'll review what, what it was supposed to happen and what did happen, and they'll look at, at the at the disbursement and everything behind it, uh, you know, uh, take a look and, and see how it lines up with the procedure, and it'll get a pass, question mark, or, or a not pass, 
with all 10 of those, it sh- so they should pass. And Russ, Russ is, uh, is, is nodding. I can, I can see that. Um, so all of them should have, uh, you know, follow the same procedure. And if they don't, then the, the organization has asked for typically more disbursements and then they'll review that. And then there might be a, a finding. So, yeah, so uh, it, uh, it doesn't have to happen in an office. It can happen and typically happens these days virtually. Yeah, there was, uh, as I finished up my days with the IRS, we were starting to move into the realm of requesting records electronically, because as you can imagine, the paper pile was insane. Uh, but what, what an auditor will typically do is they, they want to understand your electronic accounting system, and they will typically ask for a full backup of the system. Uh, and, and the access to that, because they they would be able to move around in the system uh, and do different tests within that system uh, and understand a little bit about how it works. Uh, as far as citing, uh, when I was working with specific agencies, we took care of uh, everything. Our, our accountants uh, for one organization were right there in town. Uh, I did do some work from, for Child Development Services, which was a statewide agency. So they didn't have people on the ground locally. Uh, they would come up once a year, but we would share information electronically. And they would come in and look at the physical records once a year when they were doing the CPA audit. So it's really a question of how healthy you want to be. They look at things like your internal controls which determines who handles money, who disperses it, uh, what sort of authorizations you need uh, with purchases. Typically, an example of that would be uh, for purchases that I made when I was working for the Micmac tribal government, I needed to complete a purchase order and submit it. Yeah. Uh, and then we'd have the disbursement. There's a paper trail there. And, and all of our transactions uh, operated in that way so that there was uh, the paper trail and it went in electronically. Mm-hmm. But your auditors will look at your internal controls uh, and your other policies. And that'll determine that level of risk and how many transactions that they have to look at to see if you're healthy. So it's uh, that's generally sort of the layout. Right. Yeah. Um. And there are ways, you know, I heard, uh, you know, Mark's, uh, I saw Mark's uh, question about examples. You know, one of the things that uh, an easy way to, to make sure that you get all the documentation is have each person send a singular email, uh, you know, depending on what the subject is, you can, you can fish it out. But, you know, they can attach a copy of their budget for the year, the, the receipts, and, you know, sometimes, especially if there was a lot of things or actually more than one thing, um, a, uh, like a Google doc that would, um, uh, you know, that would add together how much they've spent. And so really then you can just take that. And if it's all together, then you know for a hundred percent that that, uh, disbursement has been, uh, you know, has been spent correctly. And so there's, there's some really easy ways to do it. A really, uh, tiny footprint as far as people needing to do things. 
Yeah. And, and you know, I've, I've worked with, with organizations where there was that sort of fast and loose way that I was talking about where, yeah, you know, let's just exchange checks for, uh, for receipts, um, you know, and yeah, it'd be a little pushback, but after a while people, people start to, uh, my experience has been people uh, start to appreciate that because then they know that things are really being taken care of. And it's, a, it's, most people have access to email. Most people have access to a smartphone. Um, you know, just take a, a quick picture of, of the receipts and, and forward it. And it's, it, it's relatively straightforward. So. Steve, yeah. another accountability thing that we stress at Center Vision is the integration of strategy and performance. So you, you write, um, and a lot of our, our organizations don't, haven't spent the time to create a strategic plan, a roadmap for where they're going. But that way, the people part of it, we know what to do. So it's an engagement tool. The other part of it, it's a financial planning tool. You can't really effectively do a budget until you know what the milestones are, what they're going to cost. And then there's also, there's a spending plan, but there's also a fundraising plan. So talk a minute about that integration. If you spend the dollar, then you need to have a chart of accounts that says this is what it's paying for and that needs to be on your strategy. So talk about that, that accountability piece. Yeah, so that's, that's certainly complex. It it's, uh, really gets into, um, into deep oversight. Um, organizations have spending based on the, you know, administrative and, and, and other things and yeah, making sure that that's integrated. And so, you know, not, not all organizations have uh, donor outreach, but, and, and it's, it could be mixed. And so it's really, it, it's long-term. Uh, what does that look like? What, what is your needs of the organization? What, what are what are going to be the expenses going forward? You know, one of the things when you have um, uh, directed uh, donations that you can only spend it on certain things, you have to make sure that within the accounting system that they're marked for that specific, sometimes they're called projects within, um, within accounting systems, but for whatever that, that specific thing is. And the budgets can be created and the, the cash projections can be created such that you know that, well, okay, so listen, we're going to get, we're going to be really close here on this. We need to get some more donors in. Um, you know, maybe we need to sell more tickets, whatever it might be. You know, maybe get a, a separate fundraising uh, effort um, individually. So yes, those things can be broken out uh, so that you can really be uh, laser focused on, especially if there's, if the organization sounds like you, where you're, you're sort of um, thinking about if the organization has multiple um needs multiple strategies, multiple um, projects that are being done on a, uh, within a, a given year, that does need to absolutely be um, put together in a system uh, such that those reports can come out. And that's, you know, we, we talked earlier about having spreadsheets. That is precisely where a spreadsheet would be brutal. And I'm, I'm at least an expert with spreadsheets. And I, I would not want to, I, I wouldn't be very certain with a spreadsheet, uh, you know, to try to track something like that. Again, uh, a, a accounting system like QuickBooks, they have that and it's, it's, you know, that can be tracked and the reports can be sent out to the, uh, the board. Um, was that, 
basically where you were? Absolutely. Well, just think of a, a typical church. You've got a youth program that's got deliverables, it's got a track, and they're doing certain projects, and they have a budget. And so there's a cap on what they can spend. And then the youth director makes a request to the, the financial, the um, treasurer, treasurer approves it, the, um, somebody else signs the check, or the pastor approves it, the treasurer signs the check. So you've got that triad, the person requesting it doesn't need, there's somebody needs to approve this fits in the budget, here's the line item, it fits in the integrity, and then somebody that's writing the check, it's no question. You know, the money's there, we're going to write the check, or the, the line item's there. You got missions, you got the music ministry and all of its moving parts. So we've got these different programs that are under the single umbrella. And symphony orchestra, you got different concerts, you know, diff different kinds of organizations have these, these different um, projects they work, work on. And each one has a sub-budget underneath the, the organization's budget. And, you know, we buy, we buy shoe music, we hire uh, performers, we do publicity. So those are line items in your budget. But in the aggregate, we can't go above a certain amount. And then there's a responsibility to live within that. However, if we're doing it, is it in our plan? So there, to me, there's an integrity of we just don't spend money because we want to. We spend money because we've, we're, we're tied into what we said we're going to do organizationally in our plan. So that's, that's kind of where I was headed with that. Right. Yeah. And um, the, the ad hoc request for things, um, I think, should never happen. Uh, they, you know, when, when you speak of, uh, you know, the orchestra, well, listen, I mean, if an orchestra, right, somebody needs a new instrument, something happened, of course, right? So there's, there's certainly ad hoc things where something, there, there needs to be, um, you know, it needs to be flexible. The system needs to be flexible. But really, you know, there should be, uh, you know, you talk about that orchestra. Um, there should have been a discussion well before the fiscal year started, and that conductor, whoever, whoever's leading that, right? They should have asked each person, how, you know, how are your um, instruments? You know, do you have seats that are correct? Do you have, uh, you know, the, the music stands, all the things. There should be complete awareness of everything that may be needed uh, and how, you know, I mean, it really, it should be, well, yeah, you know, my, my trombone has, uh, you know, their five years uh, usage. And so there should be, you know, you talk about long-term uh, planning, that should be part of it. How, however much a trombone costs, you should go out five years and say, listen, we need to, uh, we need to replace this. When you're doing that, so when you're going out that far, you can do things like, which you should, set aside the money. So you have a, um, uh, you know, you're going to be depreciating these things, which is essentially setting them aside. So when that five years comes along, it's not a, oh no, we have to replace all the trombones or whatever it is, uh, you can say, yeah, okay, that's great. That's in the plan. We knew that. That's, uh, that, that's part of what we we're going to do. Uh, you know, go back to any, any other infrastructure. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with some organizations where you have some really expensive equipment. And yes, they will need to be replaced. Um, and so that part of the planning is part of it. It's just, it's full awareness, full awareness of what's happening financially and, um, and, and the risks. And each one of those are possibly a risk. Everything that, that is needed uh, that the organization has. Uh, I worked with an organization that, uh, you know, they stored everything 
between events in a trailer. And, you know, that was a massive risk. We had to insure that trailer for everything that was inside of it. Um, and there had to be a, so there had to be some plan. Worst case scenario happens. Yes, there has to be a plan to make sure that the, that the organization is, uh, uh, you know, can continue on. Uh, you know, of course, there would be uh, a lot of work to do to replace that, that level of, uh, of loss. But still, there, there should be a plan with everything. You know, it's good news, bad news. You have something. Well, you have it. So now you either need to, uh, you, to maintain it or replace it at some point. And so every, every one of those material items has, uh, should have a sort of a plan behind it. Well, that's part of your strategy. That would be a major maintenance accrual, like for a pipe organ or for painting or for a roof or an air conditioner. You know, those are for a church would be a major expenditure. And so if you, you got the life of a air conditioners um, X number of years, 20 years, then you put away some and put it in, an, in you know, some sort of interest bearing account. Now, that's, that's assuming we're not going hand to mouth and that we've we've got a successful financial plan in the first place and that we've thought about the future so that somebody like you on board. So what, what, what if you worked with a, a nonprofit, I mean, why would people need somebody like you as an outside presence? I've heard several, you know, there's an outside accountability. There's tools that you bring. What, what are some other reasons somebody would need someone like a Steve uh, to be part of their extended team? Everybody needs a Steve. <laughs> Should be my new tagline. <laughs> now listen, um, so if an organization has been going for some amount of time, there's going to be inertia of how it's been done. Mm. Now that can serve an organization really well, or it can cripple it. Um, you know, it's, I, I think so much of life is about awareness outside of all the things we do in business. What are you aware of? I'll ask the, some questions that may have never been asked before in that organization. Oh, yeah. Why are you doing this? Why are you, you know, why are you spending money for this? What is you, you know, is this something, do you have a plan for this? Is this a fear that, you know, that the church is going to burn down? So you have to do whatever, you know, whatever the things are, right? Why are we doing this? But, you know, so it's not only that, but it's, it's things like making sure that, they, that uh, things are documented, it's going through and doing a, um, you know, the budgeting. Some of these lead things that are happening. It's also uh, oversight for a, um, for the bookkeeper. A bookkeeper is they they are brilliant people. They're, and they're doing the critical work of the organization, and they may not be doing it uh, with the, the. They may not have access to what the. Um, uh, what the strategy of the organization is. There may be a long-term vision of what the, the organization is doing. And the bookkeeper isn't in those meetings. That's not where they're thinking. Maybe, you know, a lot of times booker bookkeepers, um, their specialty isn't strategy. It's not long-term thinking. It's not, it's not, you know, there's a lot of these things. So it's that type of oversight, making sure that when the reports come out as well, that, uh, that the, uh, the leadership, they are getting a good review of it so that they know what they mean. The reports come out and a lot of people, they look at all these numbers and their eyes cross. They think, oh my, you know, what is this? And uh, a good financial leader can say, yeah, you know, this, and I like this, I like to say this too. This is, um, 
that those financials are, are a, a story told in numbers. And everywhere one of those numbers is there's a human set of decisions and actions and all that behind it. Um, you know, there is some of the long-term planning. There is oversight in to make sure that the uh, that um, regulations are being met. Uh, it's doing things like you know making sure that the that the uh, the um, financials are ready for tax time. Um, you know, it, it's doing things like making sure that that some of the cumbersome things I've seen where, uh, you know, things that have not been properly coded or, you know, kept in, in the books are just sort of the can is kicked down the road uh, year after year after year. And sometimes those things, the books need to be, be as clean as possible. There's things such as oversight of, um, of, of, of the whole system because they're outside, as you, as both of you clearly know, they're outside organizations that, that so do a calculation of how uh, efficient the organization was in spending money for the, um, uh, you know, for the, what, what, you know, what the organization is chartered to do and against how much they spent with administration. So, you know, raising the alarm to the board to say, listen, you know, this is getting crazy. We're spending a lot of money. This is a, a massive risk out there when our donors see this and they see we're, we're spending whatever that, that dangerous place is. Um, we may lose donations. So there's really, there's the bigger picture. The, the way that the organization, the organization is both in the world and internally, uh, how it's being run inside. Um, you know, and it, it can also do things such as uh, mentoring people that are doing roles within the organization. And there's a ton of different ways to do things. Um, and what's the best way for the organization? And the way that it's been done for years is not necessarily what is best right now. So, yeah, so there's, you know, and, and again, it's, it can be, it, it's somebody that, is, is new to the organization and, and can, can lend a, a, a different set of eyes to, to how the organization is running. It's, it's well, in a different set of educated eyes We're you know, we've been at this almost an hour now. It's hard to believe this is good stuff, Steve. And uh, we're going to do, I'm going to do a quick uh, message, sponsor message, and then we're going to give it to you for f closing thought or a challenge or a tip. You know, what is the thing you want to live? You'll have about two minutes for that. And then Russell's really good at summing it up, and closing us out. So our, our sponsor today is ourselves, Center Vision Leadership Foundation. We have this, this container. It's called uh, Community for Community Builders. And it's, it's really um, a place where nonprofit leaders can work together and and learn from each other, can network, can grow their skills. There are forums, there's content, there's videos like this. We have special webinars. Actually, we're doing one um, in, in uh, another hour um, about leadership. The one thing that holds us back is our lack of ability to implement. And so you can join at, uh, well, go to this page, the Nonprofit Exchange, the Nonprofit Exchange, which is the name of this interview, .org, the nonprofitexchange.org, and it takes you to the landing page, and you'll see, you know, um, Steve's, you'll see whatever is the current 
interview, but you all ha also have a button at the top that says join. If you join um, right now, we're giving away my free program, The Five Pillars for Success. And you'll be happy to know, Steve, that one of them is financial. Have an expert on your team that can give you really sage financial advice. So give us a closing tip, and then we'll throw it back to, uh, to Russell to uh, close us out. And thank you for such rich content today. Good. Yes, you're, you're quite welcome. I, I'm very, very happy to be here. Um, the, the financial side, can, it can really be a, um, it can be a incredibly positive thing within the organization. Um, it can feed the things that it needs to and then get out of the way uh, when, when that needs to happen as well. And my, you know, my recommendation is that, you, is that there is a, an overarching view on the organization from a financial point of view and that, that everything is, is as um, standardized as possible and, and as expected as possible. And, you know, that you go through and I most certainly encourage you, if you do one thing, create a budget because that's going to, at a minimum, you're going to have a huge discussion, a broad discussion about your entire organization and everything that the money touches. So I uh, wish everybody that, uh, that, that sees this the absolute best of luck and uh, I'm, you know, very, very happy to, uh, to be here. Well, thank you, Steve. It's been a it's been a, a remarkable hour. It's gone by so fast. <laughs> it's enough to make your head swim. This is a subject near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. Maybe not so good, uh, depending on your point of view. Uh, money can really get people stirred up in organizations, but as nonprofit leaders, it's important to be good stewards. The other piece that we do at Center Vision, we talk about having the right people on the bus. And when you're talking about money and handling that, you have to have the right people on the bus. Join the Center Vision community. We have those type of discussions around that with experts who talk about building your nonprofit. Uh, and you can join at a number of different levels where you have access to uh, these podcasts, these interviews. You can subscribe to the Nonprofit Exchange on Stitcher or iTunes. Uh, and so we'll be back again next week and join us here again next week on the Nonprofit Exchange at this time where you'll find another expert in, in uh, operations who can help you keep your nonprofit on track and grow your mission. Till next week, this is Russell Dennis signing off. <laughs>